covering the latest in Toronto sports news, rumors, and predictions. This is the TSV Podcast. Here's your host, Connor Chambers. And then it was one. Welcome back to another episode of the TSV Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chambers. You can check us out on Twitter at TO underscore sports views. As you all know, joining me today, we do have Adam Corsair, South of the Six. But before I introduce him, I have a special guest coming in quickly for about five minutes because this man can't really talk, lost his voice. Rich Burfer, the pick and pod. You know what's up. If you're a frequenter of this podcast or seen any of our previous recaps, you know Rich has been a staple here. So, Rich, my man, you got five minutes before you completely lose your voice. So the floor is yours, my guy. Everything okay. you want to say, man, I want to hear it. Let's go. Game six, what do you got? Get it out. Okay. Real quick, real quick. Um, I was not going to walk into work tomorrow if the Raptors lost this game. That's one. Two, I was talking mad shit to everyone at work today, which made me really, really happy. And three, like, I'm getting Kyle Lowry's name etched on my gravestone. I don't know when I'm going to die. For a second there, I felt like my death was like coming very v- up very, very soon. But I'm getting Kyle. <coughs> huh. I'm getting Kyle. <laughs> gravestone. I have. I don't remember the last time I screamed that loud when Norm made that play. Actually, I do. It was. Ha- it happened when OG made that one shot a few days ago. But I'm just so happy. I can't believe we won that game. I was so mad and then so happy and then so mad. And I'm so happy this entire game. Some some may say a roller coaster of emotions. Eh? Yes, it's a roller coaster of emotions. I almost disowned my World Vision kid like halfway through the <laughs> second overtime. Um, I have no idea how the Raptors came back in the second overtime. Genuinely zero clue. They should have closed the deal in the fourth quarter. They should have closed the deal in the, in the first overtime. Like the second overtime is literally it was meant to like fuck the Raptors for blowing two straight opportunities and then they came back and won and it was the greatest thing ever and I'm so happy and I love you both I love Adam more than I love Connor though remember <laughs> that I don't and believe I, you and I will see you boys later go Rangers go Raptors and Dak is the best quarterback in the world all right I'm gonna cut this guy off Rich thanks for coming on uh we always love your appearances here however short they may be my guy thank you so much uh we will be seeing you hopefully in the game seven pod uh at some point when south of the six hosts it uh we'll be seeing you then yes all right I will make plans on that day all right all right perfect you guys plans awesome all right all right Rich Thanks for stopping by. Peace. Goodbye, homies. I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. All right, well, let me introduce the other guests of the podcast here now that we have a moment. Uh, Y'all already know him if you're a frequenter. Like I said, these are the two most frequent voices on the pod. Adam Corsair of the South of the Six podcast. Adam, game six, when all looked bleak, when there were no hope, when we were shitting ourselves in the DMs, this Toronto Raptors team ended up pulling through, and the Boston group chat must be blowing up for you right now. How do you feel? Tired. <laughs> <laughs> if that's any indication, I feel super tired because yeah. 
Uh, that was stressful. That was perhaps... I, I don't even know if this is a hot take. I think inarguably that was the best playoff game this year in the bubble, period. Yes. Um, yeah. Raptors facing elimination, backs against the wall. How many times did I think they weren't going to pull through? Well, uh, just count how many shots Pascal Siakam missed, um, especially mm-hmm. in overtime. Um, mm-hmm. But this is exactly why Kyle Lowry is a Hall of Famer. This is exactly why this team runs through and is led by not Nick Nurse, not Pascal Siakam, not Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry. And this game proved that Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time. We still have to win another game. I'm not discounting that. But you cannot cannot deny this man's hustle. You can't. Or his heart, his determination, his never ever willing to say die attitude that is Kyle Lowry he he won this game for us he willed us to win this game and a little bit of norm but still <laughs> um in the words of Adam Corsair south of the six Kyle fucking Lowry is a goddamn hall of famer <laughs> you fucks and if you don't know what I'm referencing you're not following him on Twitter this is the great time for my quick little plug here at south of the six uh six spelt uh, with the number six ix so y'all better be following him if you don't get that reference you're not doing it right so um 100 he's the most important raptor to this team uh we saw it in this game i mean there was that period of time late fourth quarter going into overtime when kyle lowry didn't have the ball and that was a mistake because kyle lowry was really the only thing fueling this offense for a bit and once he started getting the ball in the second overtime you really saw that um, if he if he doesn't have the rock in the in the second overtime and they're not feeding him as much as they are, we don't win this game. Um, that shot by him at the end was so incredibly clutch on Kemba Walker. Just that fadeaway. He's he knows he's got the weaker defender on him. And he knows he's got that big caboose to back up in that to back that booty up right in that thing. He knows that he can do he can make those shots. He's made those shots in in that game in particular. He's, he makes those shots his whole career. So. Um, the importance of Kyle Lowry can't be under understated anymore. This and like I said in the earlier podcast, the Kyle Lowry slander ends. Has to. It is done. It's it's done. It has to. Anybody that says it now going forward, I just called them a casual before. I'm like, so you don't really pay attention. You are an uneducated basketball person if that is your take moving forward. You're just trying to be trendy and cool. And guess what? It's not trendy and cool anymore. You are you are dead to me in the basketball world if you say that. I'm they sorry. don't watch. You're, they don't watch. If, if that, you're right. If that's the if that's the take, you don't watch. You're an uneducated casual. You're not even just a casual anymore. Yeah. You're an uneducated casual trying to come up with a hot take. So um, I will disregard every single take you make moving forward. That's the way it goes. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Like you, you would do the same thing, no? But yeah, I've defended Kyle Lowry for for a while now. Um, you know, I again. In the beginning of uh, the series, he didn't play well, I think, game one. I'll, I'll admit it. He really didn't play that well offensively. Defensively, he was fine. Offensively, he wasn't really there. But ever since game one, he's been fantastic. Kyle Lowry is, you know, minus, of course, game five, you know, the game which we won't mention at all. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, they, it went five. one, two, three, four, six. It, game yes. five never even happened. Um 
Kyle Lowry has been the the little engine that has kept us going. And the the nuances, the way he keeps everybody in the game, the way he approached overtime with five fouls, two overtimes, five fouls, did not commit a foul in 10 minutes. That is amazing. That's the, incredible. Yeah, with the fact that how the refs were calling this game, the fact that Kyle Lowry, because there were quite a few swipes, Kyle Lowry did not get a foul called on him because he didn't foul anybody, first of all. But it, the fact that there was no chippy fouls called on him to get out of this game, it just it, it, it amazes me how he's able to do this. So this game belongs to Kyle Lowry. 33 points, 8 boards, 6 to 6, 6 assists, sorry, 2 steals and a block. Um what more can you say? He he led this team. Um, there are still things we need to clean up. There are still things that we need to approach a little differently heading into game five. I mean, game seven. Um, but look, last time I was on the show, or last time you were on mine, I can't recall. But I, I invited. You. It's all it's all flip flop yeah. now. Who knows? <laughs> I think it was last time you were on mine. I'm not sure, but I invited you the opportunity to walk back your prediction. That was yours. Okay, I'm gonna walk mine back. Oh. I, start, oh. I called Raptors in seven. I'm going to call it seven. I don't know who's winning this next game. I have no idea. Because these two teams are so evenly matched that I want the Raptors to win, obviously. But the Celtics have shown me so much that it's so hard to call. And all I'm looking forward to is great basketball. So I'm just going to... I'll take the prediction of a seven-game series. I'm not saying the Raptors are going to lose... I just don't know who's going to win this game. I think that's fair. Like, there's there's no clear... I, I don't think that there's been a clear-cut team. I think, uh, look, the Celtics have had two blow wins. Yes. Right? But I don't think, even in that, in the other games where I've seen the Raptors play against the Celtics, I don't think there's a clear-cut better team. I think in the close games, they're very evenly matched. And that's what kind of scares me going into Game 7 is like the game seven against the the Sixers last year, I still thought we were the better team. Like mm. I thought initially going into that series, the Raptors would win in five or six max. I, I just thought that the Sixers were not a great, I, I thought that the Raptors were a bad matchup for the Sixers. I thought that they would feast on them and, and it took seven, but I was still kind of confident going into that. I don't have that swagger really right. going into this game um and, and that's just me being honest look um i i love i love this team and i love what they've done and in, in their tenacity and their ability to to fight when they want to and scrap when they want to right like it's the, they they have this inner championship dna which i think can't really be replicated or replaced in any team and that might be what gives toronto the edge here right like it's they've been there they've done that the Celtics still are a young team, and I still think that they can do it. Like every team's got to do it at some point if you want to be that team. Yes. But um, you got to knock off the best to be the best, and I think that the Celtics are trying to get there. Right? They're, they're a good enough team to get there. But um, I don't know, man. Like this is going to be so close. Uh, but no team has won at home yet, technically. Yes. So yes. that might not that, bode well for the Raptors. Not a good sign. <laughs> um, <laughs> look. The the one thing, look, can we get the negatives out of the way and then we can get into the positive? I don't want to hijack here. I I would I would rather bad news first, good news to end 
or to conclude it. So let's let's get the negative shit out of the way. Let's do it. Why? What is going on with Pascal Siakam, dude? And again, last time I was on this show, it was after Game Two, mm-hmm. and you know the, the the slander towards Pascal Siakam was fresh. There were a lot of people defending him. A lot of people that were that I regarded as objective, and I'm not going to name names, regarded as objective, that said, I don't want to slander Pascal, so I'm not going to talk about it. Right. That's, you can't do that, right? Well, we, we have to address the issue, and now it's becoming so prevalent and so obvious that it's not even slander anymore. It's, it's water's wet. Right. It's two and two is four. 54 minutes and 12 points? 54 minutes and 12 points. What are we doing? He shoot. He shot five for 19? Yeah. And bad. a lot of these were gimmies. You know, I granted eight rebounds, and he was a plus 12, but still. And I, and I appreciate the, the small ball lineup at the end of the game, even though uh, a couple of times Tice beat him underneath for some alley-oops. I get it. I'm willing to excuse that in exchange for a three. I really am. Sure. Um, but three turnovers, whatever, in 54 minutes, that's, that's not terrible. He's got a score and there's something very tentative about him and he's not showing up. And it's gotten to the point where him and Gasol have been a liability on offense. A hundred percent. I mean, look like Gasol and, and I think that he really had obviously his only good quarter of the series was last quarter. Right. Yeah. Uh, in the, in the third quarter, in the third, last when quarter he came that he in. played. Yeah. 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 The third quarter where he got all eight of his points this game is three of seven from the field, two of four from three. But before then, I think he was oh of four from the field and oh of two from three. Like mm. he had he had made the rest of his shots coming back. Um, he made that key block to kind of start the third quarter, or like at the first two minutes in the third. And when they were coming down the floor, I was yelling at them to feed him the ball because i'm like if he's gonna make a fucking three ever against the boston celtics it's gotta be now because he's made this key block uh he's got a little bit of space and man we could have used it and we and we did and uh we needed it so um gasol for me in 15 minutes like yeah i mean he was he was not still not great but um siakam worries me a bit in this series and 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 i don't know Look, he's been he's been fine in the he was fine leading up to the all star break. He kind of had this injury, came back, wasn't really the same all star starter, but he was still fine. He was still a serviceable player, a top tier player, but he wasn't that Siakam that we knew. But it was just so bizarre. Like in this game, he wasn't hitting anything. He wasn't hitting. He wasn't hitting nothing. And that's like he had good looks. I think I would be a little bit more concerned if all 19 field goal attempts were poor, but there were some really nice takes that didn't go down. Right. And to me, if if I'm going to try to look at it at a glass half full situation, maybe I'm going to try to do that because we won. But I look at that and I say, well, the process is there. He's just not getting the result. And I've been I I I completely accept any criticism against Pascal Siakam. I've been right there, hmm. right? Like I've been critical of him this series because as a max guy, you got to step up. I don't care. You could be Kawhi Leonard, and if you're shooting like that, I'll still be critical of you the same, right? Um, or you could be Kyle Lowry, or and like whatever. It do, it doesn't matter. It, uh, place X name here, and that's what I'll be critical if you're not 
sure. you're not performing the way you should. Yeah. But it's I, I don't know if it's an injury or if it's the court or the environment. Like, I'm not trying to make an excuse, mm-hmm. but there's something you can see it. And, and you're right. Visually, you can see it with him because he's just not as confident with the ball. I don't know if it's a depth perception thing. I find every single shot is short. So I don't know if that's his legs. I don't know if it's a depth perception issue with these baskets in this court, but there is something not right with him right now. And I would be curious to see if the season were to end on Friday and he went into next season and continued that when they're back hypothetically in normal courts. I would be really curious to see if that trend continued, whether he's got more rest to, to, to heal up or um, when it, when it's courts have changed. I just think there's something here that's not clicking for him, and I don't know what it is. Um, mm. But it's not an excuse. You have to perform at the highest level. We are at the highest level right now. We are yeah. at the biggest stage in the world. you got to perform if you're going to be that guy. So um, not happy with Pascal. I personally am not happy with Fred Van Vliet. I think he made it. I think he made a lot of horrible decisions tonight. Um, he made some key shots. I will give him that. He, and the third. he made a, he made, yeah, he made a, a string of like two or three threes in a row that really brought this team back. I think it was like a nine Oh run, just him and of itself. Hmm. Um, but I, I'm going to pull up his shooting splits here. Uh, he was seven of 22, three of 13 from three, 21 points, nine rebounds, seven assists. That, like the numbers look fine, but granted he played 50 minutes. It was not very effective. Right. Um, there was a lot of threes that were deep that were almost seemed a little forced that were almost unnecessary when we had a better look with somebody else. Um, the decision-making to me wasn't really there. So he kind of frustrated me tonight. Um, I get that he has the ability to make those shots, but to almost feel like you're settling for that in a game where you didn't have to settle for that really frustrated me so those were the two guys for me on this raptors team that i was really frustrated with that i was like okay the ball can't be in your hands it has to be in lowry's hands going into clutch time because i don't trust either of you right um so for fred i i get the criticisms a lot of those deep shots were a result of excellent defense by the celtics and running down the shot clock Um, I'm not trying to make excuses either you got to move the ball but when it comes to a shot clock violation or just chucking it up i get it um. Yeah, I, I think that it was just a, a matter of Fred just not clicking in the first half, and then he came alive in the mm-hmm. second half. And he was productive, except for, I think, like a stupid foul in overtime or the fourth quarter. I, I don't recall, but there was one foul, and I was just thinking to myself, come on, Fred, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but, it's it, yes, it's frustrating, but not nearly to the degree as Pascal for me. I No, I, I agree. Um, and, and not to the degree as Gasol. Um, if I'm today, gonna, today, today, yeah, I, even still. Ooh, I don't know. Cause uh, Gasol's been fine on defense, but he's just he's been fine. I I, right. I need I need better than fine right now. I, I maybe it's too much to ask for Gasol to be Gasol level against Embiid last year in the playoffs because right. Tice isn't Embiid, and every player has their nuances and stuff. But you're mm-hmm. letting Tice play like an all star on you mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be this you know perennial hall of famer right uh, and and someone that has had v- vast experience 
against big men. Um, it's surprising that Tice is taking advantage, but I guess, you know, give it to the youth. Um, yeah, I, I, Fred's the least of my concerns because of, of the three of them, he's the one I can see bouncing back the most. Sure. Um, the um, evidence suggests that, you know? Yeah. I, I, th I think the reason why Fred, for me, was more of an issue today than Marcus All was simply PT. Okay. Fred played Fred played 50 minutes and Marcus All played 15, right? So if you're looking at time on court and the impact of the overall game, Freddie's got way more of that than Marcus All did in this game in particular. Overall in the series, I I, I would agree. Um Pascal, Marcus All and then and then Fred. Um but for today I was actually impressed with with Marcus All shooting splits were fine. Uh the first half I wanted to send him up to a rocket into the moon and fire him into the sun. Yeah. I really didn't care where he went at that point. I was just like, get him out of here. <laughs> but um, I, I think, I think he got so frustrated. This dude, he won. I think he probably ripped his Jersey, grabbed a new one and said, fuck it. He probably got another haircut or some shit. And then he came back onto the court and just started actually shooting well. So, um, I get why they went small. That was the way that the game was going, and it seemed to be working for the Raptors to get them back into the game, so I get it. Um, there were a couple moments where I really wanted a bigger body in because they kept getting the alley-oop to Daniel Tice. And to me, I was like, I don't know if it's worth going small at this point, if they're going to keep giving that up. But, you know, give Nick Nurse credit. He did stick with that lineup, and it did work ultimately at the end of the day. Uh, so... Look, he's, the NBA, he's an NBA coach for a reason, and I'm sitting here doing a podcast with you. No offense. So, oh, no, um, no, no, no. <laughs> Sucks for you, there, bro. <laughs> no, no, man. It's, it's, so, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's just like we, we can always be critical, but we understand that we're not of that level. So um, we're just, you know, educated fans trying to make, a, a you know, an observation. And sometimes we're right and sometimes we're wrong. And most of the times, you know, I'm wrong. And most of the times you're right. So. But that's usually the way it goes. Um, for me, I want to. I kind of want to vent for a second. I yeah, always yeah. feel like I have my. I I always have a sticking point. Sure. And um, your your wife actually kind of met. She she mentioned this to me on Twitter because she saw Trash. that I was furious. I was furious at Marcus Smart. Yeah. Um. Flop ass bitch. Flop ass fucking <laughs> flop ass bitch, bro. Listen up, all right? I get that Celtics fans... Yeah, you can sit there with your drink. You're going to... Just give me a second. <laughs> I get that Celtics fans get pissed off with Lowry. I get it. Lowry can embellish a bit, but I think that there's still a level of embellishment that can be acceptable in this league. And I do find that if you're not trying, you're not doing it properly. I get it. Kemba Walker, I still find to be a little egregious sometimes, and I think that he went to the Marcus Smart school of flopping. And I think he's gotten worse over the years as a Celtic. So he's gotten a little bit up on my list of hatred of players. But Marcus Smart, bro. There's Draymond Green, who will always be king shit of annoyance. And then there's Marcus Smart. This guy fucking flops like a fish bro i have never seen this guy looks like he gets shot 10 times in the game he takes a bullet to the head every time he gets contact and just flops away and ends up dead 
on the floor, dead, motionless. And then he gets up and he throws his hands up in the air and then he whines and cries. And then he, he has this little limp thing that he does and he walks around like he just took a stick to the back and then he runs down the court and he hits a three. Nobody should be awarding this guy or giving him the benefit of the doubt. If NBA referees are still doing that, they are an embarrassment to the program. They need to understand this is his MO. He flops. I'm sick of it, man. I'm sick of him diving around. It's been happening for years. I understand if it was a one-year thing and then he kind of learns from it and he does it the odd time, but this dude does it 10 fucking times a game. Oh my God. I hate Marcus Smart as a player because I think that there's a level of integrity that is broken with Marcus Smart. There's a level of integrity broken. I, I don't I don't know I don't know if you agree. Oh, I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, and I, I know you agree, but like fuck, man, this guy is so annoying. So annoying because you look at him and you're like, there's a way that you can do it, and you don't do it like that. Yeah. You don't you don't do it like that. That's Draymond Green asked, bro. Like, I uh, he he flops the hardest. He flops the worst. And he gets away with it. And I don't understand it. Um, fuck, fuck you, Marcus Smart. That's I feel all you. I feel you, yeah. dude. Oh, that's it? Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's no, I think, you know what? I might I might come back to this in game seven if he really pisses me off again. But, like, oh, that's will. just the beginning of that. Oh, I'm sure he will. He will. But... Um, look, it's the one call that I didn't understand at all is when there was a pass to Gasol at the top of the key that was sort of uh, high and wide, and Gasol was going for the ball, and we're on offense, mind you, and he's just literally just trying to jump for the ball, whereas Marcus Smart is def- is playing defense. His back towards Gasol jumps for the ball and lands into him and that play. F- flails his arms up and falls to the ground, and somehow that's a foul on Gasol? How? Yeah. Gasol I- was standing vertical. He was playing for the ball. And he wasn't even the one that made contact, you know. And and I, I yeah, there I there is there is a level of gamesmanship. I'll give this moniker of of positive to Marcus Smart. There is a little bit of gamesmanship to be able to manipulate the call like that. It's frustrating, but um, I'm not saying it takes skill. It takes awareness of where the whistle is going, and he's sort of mastered that to make the calls more often than not go his way. Um, I do anticipate the the league to sort of investigate something that has happened uh, at some call that he flopped on. You can name any other one that you want throughout the game, and he'll probably get fine. But otherwise, um, yeah, he's very frustrating to watch, and he's frustrating when he's on from three too. That's that's what makes it you know salt in the rule. Yeah. Um, but I feel that he was fairly eliminated in overtime. Going back to the positives. Um, so that's good, and we can focus more on the positives if you want, because we did talk about the negatives a bunch. Yeah, my my neg- my negatives are, are done. If you yeah, same. If you have, I mean, I I had the negative with Pascal and Freddie, and then the negative with Marcus Smart, and I think that will always be a negative. And, but, and to 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 a lesser degree, yeah, Marcus and then to a lesser degree, Kemba Walker. Yeah, a, a little bit. My wine. I did, but uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, it came through the mic. Eh? I love it. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I I'm uh surprisingly there's there that's that's a pretty few amount of negatives considering the first half of this game or the first one quarter and a half because i think the first quarter and a half was just horrendous so yeah um 
that's, they didn't show up. Negative. They no, didn't show no, up, but... Was, I didn't you, know who that team was. No, and you got to credit, we already praised Kyle Lowry a bunch. OG Ananobi is still the most consistent on this team. Um, yes. he He has not slowed down at all, and he hit a bunch of clutch shots in overtime. Um, he was outstanding on defense. He was not afraid on offense, not afraid to get inside. He's just a joy to watch right now. Norman Powell, for all his hiccups, he, there was a few moments in regulation that he was old-school Norm missing at the rim and whatnot, and I, for the life of me, I don't understand the overtime, the first overtime ending how he was the one to take the buzzer beater. I don't get it. Um, I For me, I get the length, and I think Kemba was spotting up on him, so you want that sort of length in the jumper. Um, but for me, I'm going Kyle Lowry because I'm just going with a hot hand. Um, you, you die with your best player. Um, but otherwise, Norm was a joy. He had a, a clutch steal at the end, a clutch and one, made the free throw. Norm Powell was was magnificent in double overtime. Um that play, that's the true playoff P, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been great. And, you know, I, I, Nick Nurse's credit, he kept the rotation small. Um, you can say he went eight if you want to include Matt Thomas. I don't. Six minutes is not really that no. influential to me. And he only hit a bucket. Um, it was a bank shot, which is fine. But you, he's there to shoot threes, let's be honest. And mm-hmm. he, he mm-hmm. wasn't able to get open. Um, mm-hmm. Celtics are doing a fantastic job creating this wall around the, the three-point line and, and making it really difficult for the Raptors to execute underneath. Um, so kudos to them, but they got to find a way. Raptors have got to find a way to score on the inside because, again, going back to the prediction thing, um, the reason why it's this one's so hard to predict is because I know what Celtics team is going to show up. I have no idea what Raptors squad is going to show up because we've seen Jekyll and Hyde, and the Celtics have been the same team every single game. I think Marcus Smart made a big mistake at the end of the game. Why is that? And what was that? Because at the end of the game, um, he tried to flop as we've, as I've kind of already discussed. I don't know if you heard, but I already discussed him flopping. Was it <laughs> the one from three? He, uh, it was. It was the one right at the end of the game. Mm. Um, and he he had Marcus Saul on him on his hip, and he tried to flop it for a call on the inbounds. Yes. Point five okay. left or point yeah. seven left, whatever they decided to do, and um, and he kind of kind of got up, and then something had happened, and he started getting into the Raptors. Like he started chirping them. He security had to step in and separate the teams. There's full crowd on either end, and he just kept chirping basically all the way to the tunnel. Um, trash. Look, my guy. I don't know if you know, but you don't poke the bear on this team. We talk about that all the time with Kyle Lowry. We talk about that all the time with this team. It doesn't take much to motivate this squad. We've seen it with Fred Van Vliet when they, uh, when OG and Obi hit that shot, he went to the Messiah and Bobby Webster and said, they fucked up. You yeah. know, it doesn't take much with this group. They're going to feed off of that. They're going to say, they're going to go back and they'll be like, fuck that guy. We can't, we're not going to, we're not going to lose to this guy. This guy's a clown. But you don't want to get baited. Not, you don't want to either, and I and I don't think that they will. Um, I just think that they're going to come out with an intensity and a hunger. I think you you couple that with the championship, the DNA that they have, and I know I talked about this, and you can't measure it on a stat sheet, but I do think it's real, and I think it's invaluable. Um, they know what they got to do, and if they don't know what they got to do, I think that that Marcus Smart 
mistake antic at the end of the game might help them give that extra fuel if you didn't have it already or that extra oomph to this game because um, this is it now. Do or die for both teams. They're going to come out swinging. I truly think both teams will, and that's why I don't know who's going to win this game because I think it's really going to be a nail-biter in Game 7. I think we're going to be in for a doozy. Um, I'm expecting I'm expecting a lot from both teams, honestly. Um, I hope. I'm I'm expect I'm expecting Tatum to come back more consistent in Game Seven, um, in the same breath, I expect Brown and Smart to regress a little bit, right? I just think I just think if 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 one of those guys steps up a little bit more, I think that someone else might just regress a little bit. So, um, it, it, it's hard to guard all those guys because the the Celtics have enough options on the court. Between Tatum, Brown, Smart, Walker, right? Like those those four guys can shot create. Maybe not Smart as much to a degree, but between Brown, Tatum, and Walker, they can shot create. Right. Smart feeds off of screens, movement, ball movement, whatever, uh, and being a pest. And Daniel Tice just works on lobs and rebounds. And that's fine. That's all you need Daniel Tice to do. And that's that's a perfect combination for that team. And that's why I think, you know, a guy like Jared Allen would be fantastic for the Celtics. But uh, Danny Ainge, don't listen to me when I say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you didn't you didn't hear anything I said. But um, the, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what version of the Raptors come out, because will the big men step up is going to be a big question going into the series. I said to you. The big men are going to be the key in this series for the Raptors. Mm -hmm. If they don't step up, we're in big trouble. If they step up, it will be a bit of an easier road. Um, we need them to show up tomorrow. And with the Friday. way that Gasol... Oh, sorry, Friday. Right. <laughs> Fuck. I, you know what? I need a day break, to be That's honest. All, yeah, same. same. <laughs> uh, my blood pressure is probably like 200 over 100 in that hey, game. Hey, by the so. time people are listening to this, it's probably Thursday, so you're right tomorrow. You're right. Okay, so yeah, tomorrow. I was right. Yeah. Yeah, that's on me. That's on me. Yeah, Adam, come on, shut up. Fuck, I, got, I got a point to. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, I think that the way Gasol ended the the third quarter and the way he ended his game can maybe be a positive leading into Game Seven. Maybe he picks something up. Maybe he's figured something out with his shot because the mid range dropped, the three pointer dropped. And he got a little bit more aggressive on defense. I don't know if he just got to the point where he's like, I'm going to fucking kill someone if I don't make a bucket. <laughs> right? If he's gotten his rampage of, like, self-hatred. Because he seemed to really want to, like, do some self-harm. Like, like my buddy texted me saying, like, I'm worried for Gasol's mental health, man. Like, if he doesn't make another bucket, I'm yeah. worried yeah. about his mental health. He looked visibly <laughs> yeah, frustrated. Yes, he did. So, um and he, and he wasn't seen on the court for for another quarter. And then he came back out and he played pretty well for that quarter. Right. So um, I'm I'm hoping and praying he can, we need him. Like I'm hoping and praying he can, he can carry something over into game seven. If Serge Ibaka just stays true to how he's been playing, I don't see any, any side effects of that ankle injury, which is a positive. If we didn't have Serge Ibaka today, we don't win that game. I right. know he only played 22, 25 minutes. If we don't have him in that game, he's not hitting those key shots, blocking, boxing out when you need him to, grabbing the rebounds, um, setting screens when we need him to. We don't win that game. Yeah. So um, we need the big men, however limited or not limited of a role they're going to be in, we need them. So um, that's going to be the key for me going into game seven is, is the big men. I, I know what we're going to expect in the guard play from Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, I think. 
I know they've been Jekyll and Hyde a little bit too, but I think we're going to get a, a great game out of Lowry. Um, and if we can get a subpar game out of Fred Van Vliet, uh, combined with good big man play and the consistency that we've seen from OG and Nobi, I think that the Raptors have a good shot of winning game seven. Yeah, I, you would hope so. You would hope so. Um, I, I, I just think that the team has to show up. They, they mm-hmm. have to show up. They have to, they have to play as a unit because I have not seen it in this series yet. I have yet to see it, and that's what's frustrating about it. I have not seen them play as a team together in four quarters. They've yep. won every third quarter in this series. Great. Cool. But uh, I, I I don't know that that's not enough. you got to win the first quarter. You gotta win the first quarter of this of this game on, that would on be nice, Friday. Eh? Yeah, and if they don't, it that's just when shit goes downhill for this yeah. team. Even though they pulled out the win, um, I'm just hoping for a little bit more. I'm hoping for everybody to play on the same level. And I, I think you're right that the big men are the key in this game. Uh, Gasol needs to step up, as we've said. Def- again, defensively, he's been fine. I don't really have that many complaints on defense. Uh, I do have complaints on his transition. He's very slow to get back. Um, I don't know if that's a conditioning thing or just something I've noticed now because the Celtics are so quick. He's not a skinny mark anymore, bro. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Um, he's, quarantine, he's quarantine mark. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I guess he was quarantine mark with skinny mark, so maybe I'm contradicting myself, but whatever. Maybe, okay, maybe. Continue. I mean, he's got he's got buffet life now. Yeah, in, that's in right. He's... He, He's he's got he's got that Mickey Mouse buffet line shit going yeah, on. Yeah, he's bro. got room he's, service life. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, you know, it, it's it's going to be interesting. I do think though that it you you're just hoping for a nail biter. You're hoping for something this special because if someone said this was Game Seven, I would have believed them because they were playing like it was Game Seven. But obviously, Raptors were playing as if they were on the brink of elimination. So. Um, look, and, and that's something I do want to bring up too. If this is, you know, I, I, I'm hesitant to put it out in the universe, but if this is the last game of the Raptors, by no means am I disappointed unless it's a blowout, but I don't think it's going to be, as you said, um, by no means am I disappointed. Um, they play their hearts out. This season has been special, you know, minus COVID and whatnot. Um, with everything that the NBA has been doing and with the Raptors being at the forefront of all the issues, we don't have to get into them, but, um, this season has been special. So, if if this is it, keep your head up. We're still champs, you know. <laughs> we're still champs until we're not. Um, we're still 2019 champs, forever. Um, but forever. You know, it, it. This is just a special team, and this is probably my favorite Raptors team ever. So, um, if there's ever a time where they gotta play as if they're defending champs, this is the game to do it. Um, capitalize on the Celtics uh, and experience as champions. Capitalize on the fact that you got you rented some headspace with this win. Capitalize on the fact that Marcus Smart, as you were saying, was chirping, and you again have rent-free headspace. Capitalize on the notion that you're walking in there as the home team, and uh, you're gonna have some crowd volume if that does anything for you at your advantage. The slightest thing might help you. Capitalize on all these things, and if you can, and we see the heat. I'm going to be way more nervous because that team, <laughs> Jimmy Butler is a known Raptors killer. But um, I think I think this game was was a whole lot of fun. I was just uh, messaging Peter K. He, he messaged me. Um, for a me, Pete. Yeah, for me, top three Raptors game of all time. 
top three? Top three. Oh. What uh what are your other two? The shot. Okay. Championship. And, and then championship. And then this. And that's what I thought. Yeah. You know, I it, the thirty point comeback would be close, but this I was is gonna, a, I, I, yeah, this yeah, playoff game. This is yeah, the, the importance is magnified. Something. Yeah. Um definitely. I, I mean if if it's not top three Raptor game of all time, it's top five. For sure. Raptor game of all time. Yeah. Um I, I can see how people might put that thirty point comeback in there against the Dallas Mavericks, mm. which I happened to see in a movie theater. Nice. Which is fantastic. Nice. I, I was I was uh I, I was kinda watching the game and then um I was at a restaurant watching the game and uh they're getting blown out and I'm like, ah, you know what? I'm let's go let's go catch our movie early. Like, fuck this. I'm not watching the rest of this game. Yeah. So we we go to the movie theater and we're waiting and I start I start looking. We're playing like arcade games in the theater and, and I look and I see it's like twenty points. 15 points and i'm like holy shit they might come back so i I booked it to the bar there's a bar in a vip area in the movie theater and i booked it to it and i watched the last like five minutes nice um that was a fantastic games uh yeah yeah, if if not top three top five hundred percent uh obviously championship and the shot are the top two games however you want to rank them i mean i would put the championship first because that's the championship uh the shot would be second for me this is either third or fourth for sure I'm not quite sure what I would rank it yet, but um, you know what? I I, th- I think this is a defining moment for the Raptors. There was never, you never felt. I mean, it, I, I'm not gonna say never. There was a time period in this game from the fourth quarter on where you didn't feel like the Raptors were going to blow it, right? Yeah. Um, in the first in the first bit of this game, you felt like, oh, this might be it, but um, for the remainder of this game in the fourth quarter, I, I, I felt like if the rat, if the Celtics were to gain a lead, it would be short lived. Yeah. And the Celtics gained a four, four point lead in double overtime to start. They came out hot. They gained a four point lead and I was not really worried. So, um, to me, I, I take that as a positive and this team maybe instilling confidence back in itself, in the fan base, just by watching it, I felt more confident with that group on the floor than I think I did for the for any part of the series. So um, small victories, I'll take it. Moving forward in a game seven, that's kind of what you want is to have that confidence in your team. I think if, if you had asked me before this game, me not seeing this game, just knowing they had won game six, if I was confident for game seven, I probably would have told you no. I think I've gained a little bit more confidence in this team moving into game seven, and that's kind of what still has me feeling that they can win this series. Um, if I, uh, if I hadn't seen the performance I saw today, I would probably be honest with you, Raptors nation. I think I would have taken Boston, Yeah. but, um, seeing what I saw today gave me a lot of confidence that that ability is still within them. So, um, I'm going to roll with my boys, call me a Homer, whatever you want. I don't really think that's a Homer take. I think that that's like, uh, I, I want to I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can. Like I said, I would have taken Boston if, if I didn't see what I saw today. Um, but what I saw today was a group that knew what they had to do and it didn't matter how long it took. They got it done. Um, both teams are going to be tired though. I I think we're going to see, I think, I think we're going to see a sluggish first quarter on Friday or, or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this or today, if you're listening on Friday. So So you're still rolling with the Raptors. All right. Look, I I admire it. I'm going to, I I predicted seven games. It's just difficult. Do it. It's just difficult. I feel that when I make these position, uh, predictions, I, I I have the t- 
tendency to jinx shit. So that's why I'm just sort of taking a step back. And again, right. I don't want these receipts out there. I'm, uh, hmm. I, was, I was on Twitter earlier finding all the Celtics in six receipts and just nope. 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 I love it. So, um, I love it. Receipts time, baby. Yep. Um, but look, as long as Pascal Siakam can figure some shit out, um, as long as Marcus all can play, continue to play well defensively, continue to, uh, or at least build towards some offensive production. As long as Kyle Lowry is having games like these, as long as OG and is having games like these, as long as Serge is solid off the bench with Norm Powell, obviously these are obvious statements. Um, as long as, as long as all these conditions, um, we have a shot, but I'm telling you right now, the Celtics, you know, how you said Raptors were saying they done fucked up. Well, Celtics are going to be pissed. And again, you could use that to your advantage, or you could think that maybe this is going to be a motivator. I don't know. Um, but they all, majority of them are younger than the Raptors. So that might help them in terms of the recovery after a double overtime game in comparison Maybe. to the Raptors. Um, again, these aren't reasons for pessimism. It's just let's go over the facts. Um, it's realism. It's not pessimism. Yeah, it's just something to keep in mind. Um, you got to find a way to just give it your all. Um, this is very reminiscent of the 2016 playoff run with the Pacers and the Heat and then the Cavs. Um this is very reminiscent of that, how they're going the distance minus, you know, the first series, which was a sweep. So mm-hmm. um, just give it your all. I, I'm, I'm proud that they made it seven games. It's all I really wanted. To, it's what I asked for, you know, in terms of this series. Give it your all. I don't want to see sloppy basketball. I want to see production. I want to see as if they give a shit, much like today, for all four quarters. Let's just give it our all. The last time the Celtics were up 3-2 in a basketball series – they choked it away to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oof. Will we see a repeat in Game 7 of this series? Who knows? Mm. I mean, we don't have a LeBron James, but we have a better team than that Cleveland Cavaliers team. So, um, on that note, um, I, I think that we've kind of touched on on most of what we should recap in this game. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to discuss before we put a bow on this? No, um, just keep your heads up. Um, enjoy this game, whether it's the final game or not. Enjoy it. Um, and go Raps. That's all I can say. Go Raps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I echo what Adam said. Look, if, if this is the last game of the series, I won't uh, on Friday. Uh, I won't <laughs> be disappointed. Uh, I think that they really didn't have business being in this game until they were fighting for it in the fourth quarter. I think and to be down four going into halftime was actually a miracle for the Raptors. I don't know how they managed to pull that out, um, but they showed me something in the second half of this game. And then, and then in the overtime quarters that made me believe in them more than I would have going into game seven. Uh, if they win fantastic. If not, you know what? Um, like Adam said, we'll we'll still always have that ring. Uh, next year is going to be a new year. Whoever know what whatever happens with COVID happens, um, but uh, just just be grateful that we outlasted the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> and that we we went longer in our series than Milwaukee did. Just keep your head up on that because they had the best record in the in the league. They had again a top five offense defense. 
and they couldn't get it done and our coach won't be fired and Mike Boonholzer will. So um, on, on that note, I'm going to put a bow on it. Uh, Adam, I'm going to leave you with uh, the spotlight here. The floor is yours. Take it away. You can find me on South to the Six, uh, at South to the Six, S-O-U-T-H-O-F-T-H-E, the number six, the number, uh, the letters I and X. Um, hit me up on Twitter. I'm as responsive as I can be during these games today, albeit I was taking a step back, and I'll probably end up doing the same on Friday because it's going to be very stressful, and I want to absorb the game. Uh, and uh, it's very tiring. <laughs> these games are very exhausting. Um, but otherwise, you can... Check the uh, game seven post game show on my podcast, South of the Sixers. Look for it in all your podcatchers. It should be right there. Uh, spelt the same way, the number six and the letters IX. Connor, you'll be hopping on there. We'll probably have Rich and uh, go Raps, man. Let's get this done. Yeah. Thank uh, you. All of, all of his, you're welcome. All of his uh, links as well as Rich's will be in the uh, description of the show. So if you're like, I'm too lazy to go look it up on a podcatcher, which might happen, you <laughs> can just click on my description and find it and subscribe to it right there. So you don't miss the Game 7 recap, which will be on the South of the Six podcast. Um, Adam, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I finally get to host a podcast where we catch a W. <laughs> That's sure. amazing. Finally, I've broken the curse. Um, I, I think that we're going to, I think that uh, I'm hoping and praying that we get a positive chat for game seven and that it's not the final game post game recap of the Raptors season. And on that note, uh, I bid you farewell. It's uh, it's been a blast here. And if this is the last post game podcast here on the TSV podcast for this season, uh, I want to thank you guys for listening to my Raptors content for this season We'll be back in the offseason, uh, barring that this season ends on Friday. We'll be back in the offseason, and we'll continue the coverage throughout the end. So uh, on that note, go Raps. Good luck, and we got this. Let's go. Thanks for listening. You can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at TO underscore sports views. You can also listen to our previous podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and more. Don't forget to leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the content and click that subscribe button. See you next time.